Do you know the offside rule? Your opinion is irrelevant. There's no place for women in football. Women should be seen and not heard. Stick to getting your hair and nails done. Which player do you fancy then? Make me a sandwich. Don't you have washing up to do? This is a man's game. It's time to make a change. Our opinion matters too. The day away, from her point of view. episode of the day away with me Isabel and me Charlotte on today's first episode we have a very special guest Lucy from her game two and talk about why we're doing the podcast really mm-hmm. how we became Bell fans everything we can think of yeah <laughs> everything to do with Rochdale on this podcast so then I want to know Isabel how did you become a Rochdale fan? Like, what made you out of all teams? Why Rochdale? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? You always have to go with who your dad supports. <laughs> you know what? Exactly. That's my reason, too. <laughs> Literally, I got to the first game when I think I was six. Um, so I was pretty young, for, especially for a girl, because, you know, lads get taken all the time to at uh, football matches with the parents but not that many girls show interest young so I got taken when I was six I remember my first Dale game because I was asking my dad if I could shout <laughs> I say up the Dale can I say it <laughs> and then I also lost my hat in the toilet and I was really like upset, but the stewards like um, helped me find it. So, <laughs> so yeah, basically, why I became a Dale fan? My dad supported them. I went to every game every weekend. We were at home with him, and I just had no connection with any Premier League team. To be honest, I never. I always say I'm not a trophy hunter. Obviously, that's why I'm a rush. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely 
But like, like I said, I've never had an interest in United, City, Liverpool, like anyone really in there. I think it's because it's so close to home. I just, it's literally a 10 minute drive to Rochelle and I'm in this great atmosphere. I'm watching a sport I love. I don't have to travel four hours to <laughs> go and see me, uh, me team. So I don't know, that's my connection really with uh, why I became a Rochelle fan. What about you? Thank you. Main reason, my dad. Yeah. So obviously, as soon as I was a baby, I was just a Rochdale fan. I had yeah. the kit. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, I started going on and off when I, I think I was about five, five or six. I actually fell asleep at my first game. Oh, yeah. That's me every game. <laughs> yeah. I actually fell asleep. So first game, I think it was the excitement of actually going to my first football match. And after all the excitement, I don't even think I lasted half an hour and I was asleep, apparently, on my mum. So, uh, yeah, so I was, because I was quite young, it was like on and off. And then when my mum and dad split up, that was when I started going with my dad. It was like mine and my dad's thing, you know, at a weekend. Yeah, yeah I've ne- never looked back since. But But like you, I've never really had a passion for a Premier League team don't get me wrong I love football I'll watch yeah. football on the TV but I think with Rochdale it's quite a it's quite a family club and you feel like you belong and you do feel like you are part of them as well yeah. always familiar faces even yeah. even things like going meeting the players you can talk to the players I actually took my little boy a few weeks ago to the open training session yeah. and he loved it and it was because he felt part of it and like he belonged there and that's exactly how I feel being a kid and being obviously growing up to being an adult I just feel like I belong at that club and you feel wanted well yeah and I always feel like they always want our opinions as that's why it's so good to have not well a small club like so intimate they want to listen to you and it's not like City where they are you know Burnley or you are just a mother exactly and it's like people like in the club like you see fans becoming friends with players you see fans becoming friends with people who work at the club Mm -hmm. and that's what I like that's what I like as well it's like you said it's as if they take your opinion on board and they do listen to you and they will help you whereas like we've mentioned at a bigger club you're just a person you're just a number literally just a, just a figure but yeah but who was your first I'm really intrigued now like who was your first ever favorite Rochdale player <laughs> do you know what I think I have a few yeah but it was between Ian Henderson and <laughs> Oliver Athorne. <laughs> they're not the recent ones, but like I was there when like Gary Jones and Tom Kennedy, no. people like that were there. But yeah. but that was when I wasn't as intrigued in football as I am now. That yeah, was yeah. I would just go with my dad, go and get a pie and come home. <laughs> <laughs> just go for the crack. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> but you know, Ian Henderson was a massive influence on me why I wanted to go and watch football because I just think he was really passionate about the game like as well as the club and it, like it, it it's a shame about how it how it ended obviously we all know when he left yeah. the club but he was so passionate on the pitch and he was a great captain 
my I, I remember when um, my dad told me that one of his first memories was when he was younger he would he <laughs> Gary Jones scored like a late equalizer <laughs> he was in the standing lane and he just ran and kissed him I know, and when we would go with me, I was like, that's the, that's the football, like, you kissed, right? That's the one. That's the thing, though, like, even moments like that and, like, memories like that, you wouldn't get at, like, a higher league team, yeah. would you? Them yeah. kind of moments. I know. First favourite ever footballer. I don't know if you'll remember him, because obviously you're a little bit younger than me, but it was called Paul Connor. Yeah. And... It was a, obviously a striker. I must have only, I can't remember how old I actually was, but I was only young, like a young girl at the time. Yeah. He actually injured and me and my dad went into um, the director's box mm-hmm. and um, Paul Connor was actually there. And I'm sure I was only like six, six seven, eight. And um, I actually asked him to marry me. <laughs> yeah little kid in my Paul Connor, this chubby kid in my Paul Connor shirt, just didn't give like, didn't have a care in the world, just went up to him. I said, will you sign my programme for me, Paul? So he signed it. Then um, I went, oh, will you marry me? <laughs> so um, yeah, that was my first favourite ever Rochdale player, Paul Connor. <laughs> and um, wow. I remember he actually left near I think it was either near to or on my birthday and um my auntie and uncle bought me a builder bear they didn't know his it left or it, it obviously were going at the time they bought me a builder bear and it was in blue it had the certificate with Connor on and it was <laughs> he gave it to me on my birthday and it was when he just left I burst out crying no way <laughs> No way. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I was, that was my first favourite Rochdale player. Also your first heartbreak as well. <laughs> That's my first heartbreak. And you know what? To this day, I'm still not over it. Still not over it. Still touches a nerve. <laughs> Just moving on. How have you felt being a female football fan? Have you ever felt uncomfortable at Rochdale or has anyone ever said any sexist comments or... Yeah. Um, at Rochdale, I have never, ever received any hate for being a girl football fan, ever. Whereas if I was at school or if I would be walking around in my Rochdale top, I'd, I'd get a lot of abuse. And it was mainly from Premier League team fans. And that's also what gave me a better connection with Rochdale as well, because I just felt so... Like, it didn't matter that I was a girl at Rochdale. Like, it, it, I, would, I was excited to go. I would be ashamed to watch Premier League teams on a weekend, like, on, you know, in a local pub or whatever, and, like, actually see what's going on because then lads will just turn around to me and be like, who's that player? Who's that player then if you, if you like football? Or, like, if we were watching, like, the World Cup or the Euros, which teams are you from? What's the offside rules? And it's like, Really? it's like why can I not like football just because I'm a just because I'm a girl like like um you said and obviously I, we can't us two cannot speak on like behalf of every Rochdale fan yeah. who's female but 
I have never, obviously, I'm 29 now, and I have never in my time of being a Rochdale fan received any sexist abuse or any negative comments aimed at me because I'm a girl. Yeah. But the biggest one for me is social media. Oh, massive. Honestly, that is where I get it a lot. And obviously on Twitter in particular, I've got quite a big following because I'm, I'm a football fan. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is because I'm a lower league football fan as well. Yeah. So like, oh, who's Rochdale and oh, kind of thing. Yeah. And I'll say my opinion about a certain game and it could even be it could even be totally irrelevant to that person who they support but I'll, I'll say an opinion about football and I'll get told oh you know nothing about football you're a girl yeah I'll get old oh get back to the kitchen oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just annoying isn't it like no. why why can't we have an opinion because we're girls it's just crazy because Again, like I said, the connection with me and Rochdale is because that I've never received hate, but the one time I would wear my Rochdale shirt for a non-uniform day and then go into class and they'd be like, right, well, what was the score last weekend then? Or, right, what did uh, United and, and City near me the full lineup? And I'm like, what? Do you know what the funniest thing is, though? When these people say it to us and then we nail it and you're yeah. like, what? What? <laughs> she does know a lot about football. I know. And it's, it's just so frustrating, isn't it? And that's that's one of the reasons we're both doing the podcast, isn't it? Just to normalise females having an opinion in football. And we both love listening to, well, I know you do as well, love listening to the Over Rochdale podcast. But I, we thought it was the right time to make a Rochdale podcast, but from a female's point of view. We just want to like, we just want to normalise it for everyone because obviously us being Rochdale fans as well and our love and passion for our club, we just want like, not even just Rochdale fans, other girls and females in football just to, just to feel wanted and feel like they can speak out and they can like say their opinion and not be judged Mm -hmm. or not be like scrutinised for it. Definitely. The Dale way is obviously it's going to have me and Isabel as our main hosts. Yep. But we are looking for some fellow female Rochdale fans just to build a team, really, because I think it'll be good to have different opinions. We all, even though we are, like, watching the same game of football, we do all have different opinions, don't we? One game, you might think that, I don't know, for example, like, Max Taylor had a good game. You know, that game, I could have said, well, defenders could have done better that game. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's the various different opinions would be so good to have on and not just listen to the same my opinion and Charlotte's opinion. So it'd be really nice if we could have some more female Rochdale fans as well. I sit in now, it's called the Smith Metals Family Stand. Yeah. And I think, do you sit in the main stand? I sit in the main stand, yeah. So we- it'd be good if we could like female sandy laners and stuff on so just so because we're all sat so different like get everyone's views and stuff definitely that would be very very good but yeah um on our podcast you can expect a lot of giggling from me and isabel (laughs) (laughs) um it did take about 20 minutes to start because we couldn't stop laughing (laughs) we couldn't even start the meeting could we (laughs) 
but yeah some match analysis from previous games we're going to play out we're going to play some games ourselves aren't we we obviously said that we're going to do some fire rounds and like favorite game favorite game favorite ground favorite dale kit plays that inspires you stuff like that and also some cute little games <laughs> But yeah, we want to get the fans involved as well. We've been watching Rochelle for a long time, but obviously there's an era before us, recent fans, and we just want to know everyone's different opinion, like get other football fans involved. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully we'll be getting some staff. I'm hoping we could get some female staff from the club on just to just to basically mention what it's like being a female and working in football. Obviously... We want some of the hopefully female footballers to come on. Yep. And then obviously like um, first team players, coaches, yeah, ex-players. So just, well on the board. Yeah, of course. We just want to make it like, just want to make it a fun place to come on and people to enjoy, but also be educated, have their opinion and stuff. Our opinion matters as well. That's what I think yeah. the key message is. Like, we are female fans. Our opinion matters as well. And we support Dale, which is like three massive steps, you know, just in general for, for moving forward as a, as a club. Obviously, our club now supports the campaign, Her Games too, And it's just such a big step to have um, me and Charlotte on this podcast to talk more about that as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, we've obviously got Lucy with us. Yeah. And a little bit later, she will go into like how her game two started, the reasons for it. Yeah. But I, I just feel like, like we said, especially with Rochdale partnering with her game two recently, it was kind of in the pipeline for a little while, wasn't it? This podcast, but we felt like it was the right time to go ahead with it now. Mm-hmm. It's time to hear what we have to say and I'm sure like we said you'll be bored of us <laughs> our yeah, you'll be hearing us a lot guys <laughs> and it, but it is time for a, a female podcast to come out but what I love as well it's like the support we've had on social media from all kinds of fans and that just that just gives me the impression that we are getting back has been yeah. a hard couple of seasons previously to it and the fans kind of didn't know what was going on obviously it's been a hard summer what was going on with our club who'd be in charge of our club I just feel like we're getting that friendly club back and that's one of the main reasons as well me and Isabel wanted to do this podcast because we just felt like we had the support from a lot of people didn't we We've had so much support in the past weeks of when we announced that we're going to do this podcast. We've had so many comments and so many positive messages about it. And we're like really thankful to everybody who said um, all the positive things to us and that they're excited. And it really does mean a lot. It's, it is a family orientated club, Rochdale, and it has got a good community spirit. And I just feel like after the last couple of years, I just feel like it's getting back to that era where it was when Flitcroft, yeah. Hill yeah. and Chris Dunford were in charge the first time and yeah. I feel excited again. I'm excited to go to games and I know that sounds like shouldn't every football fan like, be excited to go to games but there was a time it was 
towards the end of um, Brian Barry Murphy's like quarters in the club, he, the fans were just so negative and it just felt very negative. And obviously with David Bottomley in charge and stuff like that, it was, it just didn't feel like my club. It didn't feel like the team that I wanted to support and go and yeah. see every single week. It just was difficult to go and watch because you you sit for 10 minutes and somebody's already complaining behind you about how we're passing okay. from the park or how David Bottomley has done this and how the boss has done this and the board doesn't care about the fans anymore. But it's just absolutely turned a corner and it's crazy how much of a positive atmosphere it is now yeah new backroom staff new um, directors and a new board it's been an incredible couple of months and it's been really nice because as well for the first game of the season obviously because the COVID COVID happened I did buy my uh, dad a box for his birthday and for COVID, we couldn't we couldn't go in it obviously. And the first game back this season at home, we did it then, and we had about four members of the board come in. So we obviously had Simon coming in. Oh. Um, at the time, Nick was there as well before he left. He they all came in and they were just they had there were about twelve of us in there, and they had this lovely chat with us and they wanted to have our opinion on the lineup they wanted to have our opinion on how we're playing at half time and you know and we were getting and Robbie Stockdale came in as well it was his first home game and he took the time after the game to come into our room and I think of some other people's rooms as well and introduce himself and like ask ask us how we thought and my my dad was obviously like so how are you finding it like asking him a million (laughs) more questions but it's typical dads. Yeah, literally. <laughs> That's that embarrassing me. <laughs> but we literally Simon came in with Robbie and it was the nicest 15 minutes I have felt in a long time at the club. It really made me think this club is changing and it's changing for the better. And it's just made, it just made me so positive and so excited to be at more games. I'm not come on to bash anyone. This is just oh, my opinion. This is my opinion, but under um for David Bottomley kind of last couple of years and stuff I just felt everything was a secret yeah fans didn't know what was going on and I think that was another reason why it was so negative because no nobody knew what was happening and it's even over the summer without the Dale Trust and the hard work they've done who knows we might have not had a club because it's like everything was a secret we didn't know who had what shares yeah. in general. It was just all, it was just all a big confusion. And I feel like since obviously Simon has become chairman, like today, an article was released on um, the official website and it was yeah. just him giving us an update of what's going on. And I just feel like it just put so many fans' minds at rest. And that's all we want. We yeah. just want to know what's going on. He literally and- said... Um, I want to inform you that we we are a true fan-owned community football club with over 500 different fan shareholders, including both Dale Trust and the Community Trust. We would not have had that much communication with the old board. It's just no. so transparent. Yes. It's, 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 the, it's so good. And I'm so pleased that we're getting this kind of communication 
pretty like every month at least every month we're getting this some kind of like knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes but also um simon is very active on social media as well so he, he's absolutely fine with uh, answering fans questions or queries and i love that david bottom yeah. wouldn't even step into the same room as you know some of the some dale fans and i think that just shows yeah. the how positive and how how much we're moving forward as a club i'm going to take it back now to the fans forum yeah with simon with robbie stockdale yeah. they said exactly what they could say they were very honest mm-hmm. very open answered every question without any hesitation whereas obviously the fans forum before that with david bottomley obviously brian barry murphy's last fans forum as well yeah. i just feel like it was a bit of a circus really because it's like the contract extension not not one of us knew brian barry murphy had signed a new deal me and my dad were watching that at home and we both went what i thought we were going at the end of the season we both went Oh, that doesn't make any sense. It absolutely baffled us. But then as well, it was like, David Bottomley didn't even know. It was Brian Barry Murphy telling him. Yeah. That he had an extension. It was like, <laughs> what? It was literally a circus. <laughs> yeah, and that's the difference between the old board and this new board and why we think it's so positive. 100%. I just, just like us as fans, we just... We just want to know, like, what's going on with the club. And I know we can't know everything. (laughs) I just want to know, like, what's going on? And these updates are a positive, aren't they? And they do make you feel like part of it. And the thing was, as well, with the old board, we were in a scary time. We were in COVID. And we genuinely didn't know if we would survive. That they did not tell us a thing. And it was like, I was so, so scared. I was like, we're going to end up like Bury. We're just, what? Honestly. That is going to be, like, I was genuinely getting a bit like emotional about it. I was like, we don't know a thing. They're not answering us. They're not being clear in like the statements. It was just a lot of waffle in each statement. And it was like, what is all going downhill? What is going on? It's just, it's just all a positive, really, isn't it? It's like this season. It's just so different, isn't it? It just has a different feeling. Yeah, and as well, I always thought with new players coming in, will they like it, will they not like it? But we did get quite a few new players at the start of the season. And I feel like they fit in so well. Like, they all just seem so positive about it. And, you know, towards the end of last season, some of the players didn't even look like they wanted to play, to be quite honest. No. And they look really together as well, don't they? Yeah. Really together. And they and that was quite early on that it looks like very much in like together and wanted to play and they're all really really keen to play and it was like they were very excited and, and energized to play again. I know um, O'Connell especially, he was really just running forward with the ball so much more than he used to and obviously you do get the some people saying they just passed around the back and there still is but there still could be a bit of that. But he just was like, right, come on, lads, we're off. We're off to a, a good start. And he showed that from the from the beginning. And that's why I enjoy it as well, O'Connell being captain. I think he's such a strong leader. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him more. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Under BBM as well, I'm not faulting that because they did look very together, the players. They were a good bunch of yeah, lads. Yeah, and yeah, but it was just towards the end of the season. 
Like, I remember yeah. Shrewsbury that uh, BBM took over from Keith Hill at the first game at home. And I think it was either 3-1 or 3-0 that we won. And I was like, oh, my God, look at them all. BBM, I I liked BBM. But it, it, it was his time to go. We needed a change, didn't we? And I think even with, like, when obviously BBM did leave and obviously there was rumours of Key Phil coming back, as much as I idolise Key Phil, I am so thankful for everything he did for Rochdale. He gave us our best moments. He made history with us. Mm-hmm. I just think we needed something fresh, 100%. Yeah. And we can't, we can't keep going back to if, obviously, we sack a manager, if a manager leaves, oh, Key Phil. Key Phil, it's just yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just think with Stockdale, with like the new players, the young prospects, it's like you think Stockdale had was it three, four weeks to get a team together, and it's frustrating because don't get me wrong, when we were winning games at the start of the season, I was planning our promotion party in September. Golden game. I was ready. I was, oh. I was my promotion party invitations ready. Literally. And I was ready to get Stockdale printed on the back of my shirt. Stockdale <laughs> <laughs> for Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs> but um, honestly, I just think, and that's a frustrating thing with some of our fans. Obviously, we've gone down to League Two. We don't realise like he only had a short space of time to get those players in to get a team together so as much as it is frustrating because obviously we we were winning and now obviously we have been losing some we have been conceding we have been like obviously losing points like late on and stuff but we've also been gaining them recently like yeah when have, when have we like scored last minute goals <laughs> literally I cannot remember for uh, until this season games where we either scored um, last minute winners or last minute equalizers. That is not Rochdale. We would either be conceding last minute equalizers or conceding last minute winners. I know. <laughs> so it's definitely um, such a positive now. Hundred percent. And I just think with our fans in particular, sometimes I think under key fill and stuff a few of them have been quite lucky because they've seen they've seen the pretty football they've seen us winning they've seen us getting promoted yeah and I think just some of them need a little bit of a kick kick down to reality because like I've mentioned he had a short space of time we're doing all right like we we were punching above our weight when we was in league one we are solidly a league two team to, to be honest when we when we were in League One, we were punching. <laughs> yeah, now that we're in League Two, it is where how we play. That is where we are. The standards that we play. I never in a million years thought. I thought this season would just be for getting a new manage, getting new management in, rebuilding. Like I think I thought I'd be happy with just surviving relegation, mid table, kind of thing. I just thought if we. If we have a club at the end of the season, if we manage to sort out, obviously, what's going on behind closed doors, um, building a team, I was happy. So I think I think people just need to remember. 
there isn't a problem with us like thinking, oh yeah, we need to get back in League One ASAP. Because that's yeah. cool. That's like we want to be back in League One. We don't want to be in League Two. Come on. But from what we the start the standard that we play is a solid League Two team. But there is absolutely no problem with having ambitions and motivations to be back in League One. Oh. However, some of the fans, I think need to realise that there is a difference between having ambitions to be in um, League One and also thinking we are a League One team. Because with how we have been playing, we are a League One team. 100%. And it takes time as well. 100%, yeah. Especially with a new manager, new players, new manager, it's going to take time. And people just have to be patient. Exactly. But I am really looking forward to this season. I'm excited to see where... We go in the next couple of weeks with our results, especially with having a last-minute equaliser. Um, last week, we've got Walsall coming up this weekend. Could be a tough game, but we are a better away team than we are a home team. So I just personally, I'm just excited to see what happens. It's like, obviously, we've got the January transfer window coming up, so it'll be interesting to see if we get any more signings. Whether, whether we can... pieces. <laughs> I'm hoping, fingers are crossed. My fingers are crossed. I think I think he's a brilliant addition, Corey O'Keefe. I've put him, I've, he's like the best right back I have seen in a while at Rochdale. In terms <laughs> of really- and being and attacking, it's just, that's a different podcast. <laughs> and yeah, we're just really excited just to see where it goes, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. It should be a really good season and I hope it's a really positive one as well. Very exciting times. We've got a very special guest joining us, Lucy from the Her Games 2 campaign. To tackle sexism from football and to normalise that females can have an opinion. Hi Lucy! Thank you so much for coming on the day away and joining us on our first episode. How are you? Charlotte, thank you so much for having me on and on your first episode as well. Congratulations on starting. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I'm a bit nervous, but yeah. honestly don't be nervous but yeah we just wanted to um I just thought it would quite fit in to get you on our first episode really with obviously like us two girls starting our own podcast from a female's point of view and to be honest a big part of that is because of the her game two campaign we just felt like the video you put up and just everything we see it just made us feel like, do you know what? It is our time to actually do something and just just thank you. Thank you, to be honest, for just being there and starting this campaign. Oh, well, thank you so much anyway for your words. That, that does mean a lot to know that, you know, when you saw our campaign, it kind of inspired you to talk more about football and do your own podcast about your own club, which is amazing, especially because, you know, I know, that you support Rochdale and yes that like like my football team we're not we're not in the <laughs> top division and in, in, in the Premier League or anything yeah. like that but you know we're lower league you know but we do watch our team as much as we can you know I go week in week out um but yeah no I guess with her game too it was kind of when when Kaz came up with the idea I don't think any of us really kind of expected it to take off like it did or have the reaction like it did but we're obviously we're so so grateful for everyone's support and we're also really grateful for the people who've reached out and like 
just talked about their experiences with us, whether it's on Twitter or just privately or, you know, like when you hear people talking on podcasts and they said, oh, this is my experience. It's been, you know, really, really touching actually just to hear everyone and know that even though it is not, it is a problem and, you know, we want to tackle it, that there are so many female fans out there that do love football just like we do. Yeah, of course. And like I mentioned, this is the reason why we wanted to start our podcast because it sh- it shouldn't have had to be an issue in the past. And obviously, we're so grateful for her game too. But it's just, I, it really annoys me the whole it's a man's game and stuff because girls should have their opinion. Girls are entitled to have their opinion as much as men. And we know our stuff, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really difficult when you get comments like, oh, you only go to football for attention. I was like, yes, I would go yeah. to watch my football team on the coach at Hartlepool away when I was 17 years old with my grandparents to watch us lose 4-0 for attention. Like, of course I would do that. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. And that's the thing. Like, I've, I guess I'm lucky in my family sense that I've been, I was taken to games by my dad and my, and my grandparents, my granddad specifically yeah. in particular. And they were never, they never once said to me, oh, like, we don't want to bring you on to watch football. They were always so su- super encouraging. And when my dad and the very first game I went to, my dad had got tickets through like a raffle and he supported Rovers for years. He, it wasn't a case of, oh, who do I bring on? Do I bring a friend? I, he, he just, he brought me along and I had a Rovers shirt from a young age. I, you know, he took me to my first game and, and from that moment I was hooked, but you know, it doesn't, my story doesn't start there. It starts when people laugh when I tell this, but it was actually when I was two weeks old when Euro 96 started. And my mum tells me that she went for like a bath or something. My dad was looking yeah. after me and she came downstairs and I was, what well, I was, you know, I was literally like two weeks old. I was quietly sat in my little like seat watching the football that was on. And my mum said to me afterwards, she's like, when I was a little bit older, she's like, I should have known you were going to love football from that moment. Oh, <laughs> that's a brilliant old, so story. in my blood. Honestly, that's a brilliant story. And um, yeah, obviously you mentioned you love for football and stuff. So um, why don't you tell the listeners a bit about you and like who you support and a bit of the background, like your favourite player and just a bit, just a bit about you really. Yeah, so I support Bristol Rovers. Um, like I said, my first game was when I was 10 years old um, and we played Shrewsbury Town and we won 1-0. Um, and my dad took me along and I was instantly hooked. Um, and then I went to two more games that season. So we got into the final of the Johnson's Paint Trophy in Cardiff, um, but we lost 3-2 in extra time. Um, but there was like 35,000, 40,000 fans who went. And then we got into the final of the playoffs in League Two, and it was the first time I was at Wembley, and we went. Then I went there. Um, we took forty thousand people, and we won three one again oh, against Shrewsbury Town, and we got promoted into League One, and it was just amazing. And from there, I just started going more and more, um, and started to go with my my grandparents. So my granddad had supported Rovers from March nineteen fifty. That was his first ever game that he oh. went with his granddad. Um, and my granddad was a postie, so for a little while he couldn't go to games. But like in what growing up, when he was getting old, like growing up, he would go yeah. to loads of games with his granddad. Then he started going on his own. He brought 
my nan with him he brought my mum and my auntie my mum doesn't like football as much as my auntie or I do but then he brought them along obviously then he was working like and then he couldn't go as much but then when I got a little bit older and got into it then he came along with me got a season ticket again oh that was amazing we used to go a lot on like the coaches on away games and and yeah that's that's really where it's it, it kind of began and just grew and grew and grew for me. Um, my favourite player, um, all-time player is an easy one. Um, it Well, this is going to be quite a funny one because it's a player that went from Rochdale to Bristol. I, I was going to, honestly, I've, been, I've listened to a few of your podcasts <laughs> and that's one of the reasons because, honestly, he was one of my favourite ever players for Dale as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny because people like, people like when people say, oh, your favourite's players Ricky Lambert they're like oh you know he, like why him and I'm like because he used to score like so many goals and I kind of have a personal story so when I was 12 I was mascot yeah. for Rovers one day oh, um, and it was amazing and we played South End and we won 4-2 four, four and he actually scored all four goals oh and god. I remember thinking like oh my god this is so cool like a mascot I, I mean this is so this I'd have to send you a picture of it so He's dead. Uh, I actually got my braces done. I'd have put braces in at that time. And I actually got my braces changed the day before yeah. to be blue. And my hair done because I was so excited <laughs> to go on this day. That's so and, cute. Yeah, I know it sounds so sad to say that. No, it does. And, and I wonder why people used to say stuff to me at school that I got my braces changed. But then I saw it at a Christmas party, like a young pirate's Christmas party. and said, oh. I was mascot when he scored all four goals for South End and against South End, and he was like, "Oh, you should be mascot all the time." And in my little head, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then he left in two thousand nine to go to Southampton, and I was absolutely gutted. But my mum said something to me that always stuck with me, and he said, "She said to me, you know, you can still support him and support his career even though he's not at Rovers." And I kind of carried on doing that. I kind of. No, I never went to see him again apart from when he played against Rovers for Southampton but I carried on watching his career and then yeah. I cried when he scored for England of course on his debut and I was really lucky that I got to meet him again um, about 11 years later um, they were doing some some charity night for uh, like kind of celebrating yeah. like old Rovers yeah. players and he was there and my dad, me and my dad went and I was just like, I was going to go up to him. I was like, dad, I'm so nervous. Like, I feel like I'm 12 again. So look, <laughs> I'll go first. I've got the picture. You come behind me. So he spoke to him and then he showed him the picture. And then he like, and then he pushed me forward. Like, this is Lucy. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but it was so nice. It was literally like meeting him again. Like when I was 12, it was exactly the same person. So down to earth, so friendly. Um, and yeah, it, and that's the thing. It, you, they say never meet your heroes, but I met mine, and it was just the best experience ever. Honestly, it's like um, you mentioned Ricky Lambert, and I um, I had an obsession with his strike partner at the time for us, Grant Hull. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, they were they were a fire duo, Honestly, weren't they? They were a fire duo for us, and as soon as obviously I love Grant Holt but as soon as Ricky Lambert put the ball down for a free kick you just knew that ball was going in the net <laughs> oh I know he he is definitely the best dead ball specialist I've seen for 100%. my football club he, he missed one penalty this whole time he played for Rovers um which is quite incredible and I don't think he missed any for Southampton that is that's brilliant isn't it that's brilliant yeah, yeah like you don't you don't get many players like that nowadays 
And um, obviously, we've just said a bit about you, Lucy, and obviously our love for Ricky Lambert. <laughs> but just moving on to her game, like for people who are not sure about her game, what can you like kind of explain to him? Like, what is it and how did the idea kind of come up about obviously starting a campaign? Yeah, so um, her game too launched in May of this year. Um, we launched it because we felt like there was an issue in football around sexism, especially because, you know, in lockdown, everyone's kind of online talking about football, obviously watching it on TV. We couldn't go in person, yeah. which was difficult in itself. Um, but everyone seemed to, uh, obviously, you know, tweeting our I- opinions online, which is fine. But then there seemed to be an like, increase in sexism, but not just for football fans, but for football pundits as well, yeah. um, like Michelle Owen. Um, so the situation was that in January of this year, um, Kaz, who's a fellow British Rivers fan, um, she had quite a bad incident online. So she was, she had some friends who support another team. Um, they weren't in our league. They were a couple of leagues above us, Wickham, and they'd lost 7-2 to Brentford. Now, when you see a kind of result like that, you're a bit like, oh, gosh, like what's going on? Like, yeah. God, they've been battered. And, and she tweeted something like, and, and obviously Wickham had come up from, League two, uh, from League One to the Championship, yeah. we've kind of yeah. been in a bit of a weird way, and she's got friends that support them, so it's kind of like poking a little bit fun. And she just said, "Oh, why are they in the Championship?" And mm. it wasn't anything rude. It wasn't anything malicious. There was no mean words in it. Nothing at all. So yeah. the tweet ended up getting a lot of retweets and likes. Now there were some people that were saying, "I agree with it." There's, a, you know, there's a few kind of issues between Rovers and Wickham anyway from a long, long yeah. time ago, yeah. um, and there's other teams that other teams fans that I know don't like Wickham um but then it started to get on people's timelines who were then started saying sexist comments such as like get back to the kitchen like what do you know what do you know about football you're just a girl um but then really going you know saying awful things about the way she looks her weight oh my and god the mental impact that it had on her was awful you know she said to me that she locked down her account for two hours and I, I saw it happen like it, she locked her yeah. account down for two weeks she came off social media it really affected her mental health she couldn't sleep and she was like worried it's going to get on other platforms and she said she said i know that she said on other points that if you could go to games at that point she wouldn't have gone to the next game because just purely out of fear of of, you know that someone would say something horrible to her in person which is awful no one should ever be made to feel like that for expressing Mm -hmm. an opinion about football like whether people agree with it or not and and it's absolutely fine to have a healthy debate and say oh this is why I don't agree yeah no I might tweet something about you know a player and I think say a player at Rovers not had a great game and then you know and then he he scores in the next game and then people be like oh you know you got it wrong but yeah you can absolutely hand hold your hands yeah "Yeah, I got it wrong that's normal but to say to go to that extent and make people someone feels so bad that they don't want to be on social media and that they don't even want to go to a game I just think is awful so then in April she came to me and she said you know do you feel like there's a campaign out there for sexism in football yeah and I thought about it and I said no I said I'm not aware of one and then she said well why don't we do a video highlighting our experiences so my kind of experiences were more less on social media it was more like in school and stuff like teachers and other Mm -hmm. students saying things to me but I did kind of have a bit of an incident when I was about 17 so fun enough we were playing Wickham and um um, and when we won the game um and I didn't realize at the time but a picture had been taken 
of me like shouting towards like the players and yeah. like just cheering on I, as you normally do because I was at the front but I didn't know the picture had been taken it was by a professional camera um, yeah. like company anyway so the week later the night before our final game of the season um this picture gets posted and then people start tagging me in it and I didn't even know it'd been taken I didn't oh. ask for it to be taken and then a guy so a fellow Rose fan took the picture on the Saturday morning tweeted it didn't put any words and just zoomed in on my face but specifically my nose and I and then people were like retweeting and laughing and then tagging me in it again and I just felt so anxious and it really like made me think like oh is there something wrong with the way I look like and I didn't want to go to football you know it was our last game yeah yeah. I didn't it made me feel so anxious and horrible about myself and I was just like why would someone do that to another person especially in the same team you know we all support the same team I didn't ask for the pitch to be taken and I wasn't doing anything wrong and I just felt yeah. awful but anyway that day we we lost and we ended up being relegated so the the impact of the picture kind of died down quite quickly but yeah. the impact on me kind of stayed with me for a long time after yeah that's that's disgusting that's not fair at all no one yeah and what- so once I, um, we, me and Kaz had said, right, we want to do the video. Then we kind of thought of a number of girls that we followed yeah. who we thought, oh, they'd be great to be on it. Um, and there was, you know, there was, we, we could have had so many people in it, but we didn't want the video to be too kind of chunky or not yeah, get the message but... across. So we, she went and spoke to 10 other girls and all of them said yes straight away. So we got together in a, quit, a Twitter group chat, discussed our ideas, how we wanted to do the campaign, what we wanted to call ourselves um and then the night before we decided to launch all the social media kind of twitter facebook and instagram and just kind of build up on it and just say oh we look out for this um started the hashtag her game too and then we launched it on 10 o'clock on the saturday which was fa cup final day and i didn't even realize until the morning it was fa cup (laughs) final day which is weird but it just because it was so busy like we're getting this ready it just wasn't on our radar at all and i thought oh this is this is good like you know people are going to (laughs) be tweeting about football so then we tweeted it and it went viral and i mean it went viral to the extent that we had a million views in 24 hours on twitter which blows my mind um and we even that first day we had like clubs quoting support the efl quote support um we had dads you know tweeting pictures of their daughters we had people messaging saying thank you this is my experience and it was just it was amazing to get that you know to get that initial support and then from then we did our survey so that was in june time we asked girls to take part on in a survey and um, but yeah. we sent it via like twitter kind of dm because we didn't want like the results to be skewed so like you know guys kind of jumping on and saying oh it didn't happen and mess with the results or pretend to be someone they're yeah. not so when we did the survey results over 90 percent of women and girls had said they experienced some sort of sexism either in the pub at the ground or online and and that was just harrowing. That's like, ridiculous. That is I know ridiculous. it's crazy when you think about those numbers. And then wow, when we had a um, we gave people the opportunity to kind of um, like to talk about their stories and like you know write as much as they wanted to. And just reading that was horrific. I mean, I can't even talk about some of the stories because I would just start to cry. And if yeah. I if I had experienced like a half of what some of these girls experienced, I would never step in a football ground again. It was absolutely vile what some people have had to go through. 
So then we were like, right, now we need to go to the clubs and we need to go to the club and say, look, this is what our campaign's about. We're really, we're really keen to, you know, make football safe space for female fans and for everyone to go and enjoy the game. Like, do you want to basically partner with us? And the reaction from the clubs have been really, really good, actually. So we've partnered with numerous clubs in the football league. I think we're up to about 21, 22 now. Um, and as well as like non-league clubs, grassroots clubs, men, uh, girls and boys, as, as well as women's uh, football clubs as well, such as uh, Reading FC and the Super League, which is amazing. So we announced that last weekend, which was Women's Football Weekend. That's brilliant. So, yeah, and it's just been, I mean, it's been a crazy kind of six months and we never thought we'd have this impact. But I feel like for us, it's just the beginning. I think there's so much more we can do and we want to do and we want to just keep spreading the message as much as possible. Yeah, 100%. And as you were mentioning about clubs that you have partnered with, like, what does it kind of entail, like, when you do partner with a club? Like, do they approach you? Do you approach them? Or is it a bit of both? Like, um, So it has been a bit of both. So some clubs yeah. have reached out to us on, on social media yeah. or via email and said, oh, you know, we've seen your, your senior video. We'd like to partner with you. Um, and then some of them we kind of, in the initial part, we just, like, emailed out. We found, like, media or kind of commercial kind of contacts and said all and just kind of sent an email and um, kind of done like a presentation just kind of highlighting everything that we've done so far just talking about the campaign um and yeah and just send it out to different clubs so um so like one of our one of the first clubs we partnered with um was bristol rovers which was amazing um and but for us it was like the community trust community trusted an amazing thing for us because they've got we've got a women's team now we're only about a couple of years old and they donated the away shirt sponsorship to us and I was able to be part of that that shirt launch um which was such a special moment for me because I was like oh my gosh like you know when you see people now that have got the shirt or they're paying away and they're wearing the shirt and for me it's such a proud moment to see it um and they've been amazing but it's not just them there's been all the clubs that partner with us have been amazing. So one of our fir- first things is um, they want we we asked for for a porting system to be put in place so that you know if the, if there is any instance at the ground that female fans know that they can report it. And with that, we've got the posters. Um, so it's got the club badge and our badge and then a number or email or however way they want to report it. And then. And then it's also about having a presence of us in the ground. So obviously it kind of can vary because some grounds got LED boards and we've been on the LED boards or a big screen. Um, at Rovers, for example, they've got um, like an advertising board. Um, we've been in programmes, programme features. Um, and then Extra City, for example, um, really did something quite amazing in October. They dedicated a whole weekend to our campaign. Oh, that's so amazing. what that um, entailed was the men and the women both played at home saturday and then sunday um both of them wore warm-up tops with our logo on um which was you know which is amazing to see um really kind of promoted us on social media talk about our survey um talking about the player like talk to this i think they did like a podcast a weekly podcast with one of the players he talked about his daughter and i thought that's really good because then you know it's getting to the professionals and they're kind of understanding about the campaign um and and the women played at home on Sunday and they actually had their biggest ever attendance. They had almost fourteen hundred attend. And even some of the first team players came along and watched them and I thought, This is amazing. Like That's if, fantastic. If every club that had a had a women's team either as part of them or, you know, could offer that opportunity 
even potentially like as much as possible to play at home as well and you know boost them promote them on social media I think there's such an opportunity to have really good crowds and you know like next summer it's the Euros and I yeah. just read today that over 280,000 people have applied for tickets and it, it's beaten the best ever of 240,000 and I think that's such an amazing achievement already that is um, and it's going to be an amazing summer it's how do you how do you and the girls feel though like when you see that and you see so many people now like wanting to be partnered with you and like so many people now interested in female football like I bet it makes you feel really proud doesn't it like really proud of yourselves yeah yeah definitely it definitely makes us feel really really proud and you know when you when you see clubs in or like we've seen your video we've seen your partner with these people they're doing like this is really great this is what we want to do and they're offering like different ideas yeah it it does it does give me a real sense of pride and then I look back and I think from something that was so awful and shouldn't have happened something so amazing has come for it yes people might say that you know the camp we shouldn't need the campaign which I do agree with we shouldn't need the campaign in 2021 but and and it hasn't been easy like there are times where we've we know we still get abuse or you know initially especially on the initial video we actually had people saying oh you're doing it for attention or oh it doesn't happen and and then but when you know when the clubs are partnering with you and like no we really want to you know put something like do a portal system we want to really show that we're an inclusive club we want to do something different I think yeah it definitely sometimes you do have to sit back and be like this is an amazing six months like this is what we've done and you know like I said like I just feel like it can really grow and that's what we want it we I mean for me personally I would love for you know all the clubs in the football league to partner yeah. with us I think there's no opportunity no reason why they shouldn't um and you know and actually want to partner with us for the right reasons as well yeah. um but for me it's also about the next generation and you know you've got I know you've got um little boys but yeah you know if they had like you know friends um and they wanted to go to football together there's no reason why they shouldn't all go to football together yeah and 100- enjoy it 100% it's like my little boy Bobby he's six he's nearly seven and he actually does play for um an under sevens team and he has got a girl on his team as well which I find amazing and it's like it's like the little boys and stuff there I know for only kids but it's it's like normalizing that girls can play with football and like girls and boys can mix and stuff I just I just don't see why it should be an issue and why we should have this problem yeah absolutely that's the thing you know when when kids at six and seven can play together I know that obviously when they get older they don't and that's that that's okay that that's 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 just the way yeah. it is and that's fine but you know when kids are playing together that age and they're enjoying it I think there's nothing wrong with that and that's the thing that's what it should be about it should be about and that's why I get annoyed when people are like oh you know you're pushing like girls football or you know you're trying to take over it's like we're never trying we're not trying to take over the world we're just yeah. saying that men and women should be allowed to enjoy football together that's all it is and if you want to watch men's football that's fine if you want to watch women's football that's fine you know just let people enjoy what they're doing like it's not hurting anybody yeah 100 percent. and um as you were saying about obviously your how you've obviously been treated in the past and how obviously the other girls have been treated in the past fortunately I obviously can't speak on behalf of every fan, every female fan, but fortunately the Rochdale fans I have spoken to 
there has not been anything like sexist or there's never been anything negative towards us females or we've never felt unwelcome we've never felt unwanted at the club and that was a massive thing for me as well why I was so proud when obviously Rochdale did partner with with her game too because I just feel like it is becoming we've always been known to be like a well-run club like a family a family club family orientated community club as well so it just made me feel really proud about obviously Rochdale partnering with you and they've obviously announced as well as part of that they'll be doing a dedicated fixture yeah yeah they are and that's the thing I think um, as like time's going on like a lots of clubs are wanting to do these um fixtures I don't know when this date will be but um I'm yeah it it makes me excited when you see clubs saying oh we want to dedicate a fixture like I know um I know they're not in the football league anymore but we've partnered with Barry AFC just in the last couple of hours that's dedicating a fixture as well and and yeah and it's just amazing I think it's just and that's the thing it's you know they're having these dedicated games it's like you know when you have a dedicated game to like kick it out or 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 rainbow laces week and and that's the thing it's just like it feels like you know there should be like a her game today obviously you know girls should be allowed to watch football anytime but to actually have a day where it's being recognized by these clubs is a really big deal and that's the thing it's and it's good because you know if these you know they're the old people that might try and say something sexist online yeah yeah then the clubs will actually be like no like this isn't okay and actually we partnered with mk dons as well this week and a few weeks ago before we'd confirmed the partnership um it was it was talk about the the women's euros actually they were doing yeah. the drill and i think they've got a couple of games at their ground and someone said oh like why are you tweeting about this or it was something like quite rude about it um and yeah um and the the person behind the twitter account for mk dance actually tweeted so you know this isn't okay like oh that's brilliant and, and, and like and actually like ta- um put our hashtag or something i can't remember exactly what it was yeah, but yeah. i remember seeing it and i thought you know what fair play yeah fair play if the that. clubs are actually trying to standing up against it then that shows that you know they're actually they're willing to you know obviously they call it they're calling it out themselves and i think that's a really important thing to to do um, but yeah, no, it's 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 just been it's been a crazy and amazing kind of six <laughs> months. But yeah, yeah, and just just to quite just to finish off, really, just just your opinion. If somebody was to receive sexist abuse, like whether it be on social media, whether it be like in the football working place, whether it be at a game, what would you advise them to do? So if it was online, I would definitely say, I would definitely call it out. I would report the tweet. Yeah. And, you know, and that's thing when you're kind of highlighting the individual and, you know, and reporting it straight away, then other people will see it. And I've noticed, especially, I don't know if it's perhaps with the campaign, that people are being allies now and people are actually calling it out themselves. And saying no, this isn't okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's really, really important. If it was in a ground, um, and say it's a club that's partnered with us, um, there should be posters around the ground with a number or contact details where you know the and the person can you know contact the club and say you know this has happened to me. But we also have a reporting system on our website as well, so yeah. that if there are clubs that we're not partnered with yet 
or you know you can still report through this way um we've got a reporting form so if there is any instances we we, we welcome we welcome the reports um and then we'll follow up the clubs themselves and then they'll put in we hope that they put in action to yeah. you know stop that person or or you know or say to the the person who the perpetrator like this isn't okay and you know put something in place that you know they shouldn't do it again and actually you know perhaps go down hard on them because you know it isn't okay and I think these people need to realize that girls and women are going to be enjoying football for a long long time and whether you say to us that we can we're still going to keep going but I, I wanted to also say that I've actually been to Rochdale um, a number of times as an away fan and I've also always found it really really welcoming as well um so uh, yeah so from a personal point of view I've been three or four times now um and yeah it's always been a great place to go like the little pub next to the ground so I just wanted to mention that as well oh thank you so much for that that's absolutely amazing because obviously like we know as like Rochdale fans but obviously hearing that from an away fan who's been a number of times that's that's fantastic yeah definitely yeah definitely and that's the thing you know when these clubs partner with us it doesn't mean that there's an issue at the club some clubs like for example Torquay we partnered with um, and there's all, there's so many clubs out there. They're already doing good things, like they're getting their women's team there. They're doing stuff. They've got you know lots of women working at the club, um, different positions as well. Like sometimes they've got female CEO. Um, you know, we also want to celebrate that. You know, it's not all bad. Yeah, of course. key this week, they they do community days, and part of their partnership with us is they've offered a thousand tickets to women oh, and girls wow. fans, uh, female fans in the local Turkey area for their upcoming game next week. And and I just when when we when they said that's how they wanted to do or celebrate the partnership, I was just absolutely floored. I was just like amazed. That's brilliant. Thought, that's brilliant. And that's gonna go out to schools and colleges in the local area, local football teams, local girls teams. And that's gonna that's good for that club, that's gonna get in a load of new fans because if they have a great experience, Turkey win for example friendly everyone's having a great time then you, you you're more than likely to come back um yeah and yeah and so I thought, and that's the thing like there's so much out there that they can do to you know increase the the fan base and that's the thing if you and that's in the ratio of men to women is so it season to cold is is quite large especially at some clubs and i yeah. think if you could bring up the female season ticket holders too how much money are the clubs gonna make you know they're no, making so much from it <laughs> But um, yeah, we just want to thank you really loosely for pretty much for the campaign itself. Because honestly, like I mentioned at the start, without you girls, we probably wouldn't have done a podcast. We probably wouldn't have even started it. <laughs> but we just felt like it was the right time. And especially with Rochdale partnering with her game too. We just thought, Do you know what, let's give it a go and start something new, <laughs> start something fresh. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's always about starting. You know, it, sometimes it, it's you know it's the right place, right time. But you know, thank you so much. It does mean a lot to not just me, but to all the girls. When you know you hear that, you know you've inspired someone to start a podcast about their own club. So yeah, thank you so much as well. And just we just want to thank you really for just taking the time to come on, and especially with it being our first one. You've been so amazing. So we really appreciate it. Oh, no, not a problem at all. I really, really enjoyed it. And, yeah, no, thank you for asking me on. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Lucy. Thank you. Goodbye. So now 
now we're going to play a little game that we've come up with. It's called Hit and Miss. We name our favourite football chant from Dale. It can be anything from across the years. And Miss is our worst. So I'm going to start this week as it's our first podcast. I'm going to ask you, Isabel. <laughs> so what's your hit? What is your favourite Rochdale chant? It's just got to be the Joey Thompson one. It just because that game is the best game I've ever been to. And to sing it every time, like some, whether <laughs> we sang it at Oldham and I was just like, yeah, we grew up in our town. <laughs> <laughs> the girl, it's the story what went with it like how poorly he was and then to come on and score that oh, goal like, and keep us all a lad. <laughs> honestly possibly the best game it is up there out of the two of my best games I've ever been to 100% and I will ask you now what is your miss do you know what? I don't think I have one. There's a couple that I'm like, oh god, but it, I don't really hate one. What's yours? Right. Well, do you know what? I'll do it. I'll do my hit first. Yeah, go on. I, I think it was the Ian. I loved the Ian Henderson one. The yeah. here's for you, Ian <laughs> Henderson. Gosh, that was she more than you <laughs> another one as well and it was it's got to be a Paul Connor one because he's just my favorite yes. and it was a, it was come a chameleon but it was Connor 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 chameleon he scores a goal <laughs> that was honestly just because I loved Paul Connor but my miss my miss right and I'm sorry to whoever made this song up if you are listening but it has to be the Rory McArdle chant. Wow. And it's, it's just for the reason that imagine becoming a professional footballer and having your name sang on the terraces and the song of choice for you is He is a wall. He is a wall. Rory <laughs> McArdle, he is a wall. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's just... That's just my opinion, but... I know where you're coming from. I do get... It just, <laughs> it just really wasn't my cup of tea. Don't get me wrong, I sang it. I sang my heart oh, out, yeah. but just, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> just wasn't for me. What is everybody else's hit and miss then? Comment on our, um, on our social medias and tell us which one your hit and miss are. We have got another game and it's our all-time favourite 11. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, Charlotte, what is your all-time favourite 11? Well, I'm going off like, don't get me wrong, I think they're, I think they're great footballers, but these are just like, these are my favourite players. Yeah. So my goalkeeper is when I first really started watching Rochdale and Neil Edwards, that's yeah. my goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. I'm going to then have Tom Kennedy, yeah. Craig Dawson, oh. Owen O'Connell and Scott Wiseman at the back. 
Oh, I think that's a well good defense. That is wall and a half. With, with I'm going to have Gary Jones and Ollie Rathbone in the middle. Yeah. Then I'm going to have on the wings Ian Henderson and Alex Newby. Mm-hmm. Up front, I'm going to have Grant Hall. And who else other than Paul Connor? <laughs> <laughs> You, oh, are, sorry, you are still in love with Paul Connor and I'm here um, for it. So again, I'm starting off with my keeper who uh, was there when I, I first started going and it's Matt Gilks. He's also my dad's favourite as well. So he was always been like, best keeper you'll see at Rochdale. Him. Oh, wow. <laughs> By the fact, I've got Corey O'Keefe, Craig Dawson. You've got to have dogs for his edges, haven't you? Craig Dawson <laughs> is a love of my life still. <laughs> um, Owen O'Connell as well, just a solid captain. It's what you want in the team. And Tom Kennedy. And my midfield, obviously Gary Jones. No doubt about it. <laughs> Ollie Rathbone. <laughs> Ollie Rathbone. And Chris O'Grady, I've put. I honestly, I was, I was torn with my team. I was absolutely torn. There were so many I could have picked. Well, you should hear my upfront because I could have, <laughs> I picked four. <laughs> <laughs> Got all attacking. <laughs> I was like, midfield's just going to have to be forgotten. I need to, need to have all four. <laughs> um, so I said, Scott Horgan. To me, anyone who scores against Bury at home is my idol. <laughs> Um, Ian Henderson as well, all-time goal scorer, also the love of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And then Adam LaFondre as well, absolutely incredible footballer at his prime. Fantastic, Alfie, fantastic. And then Grant Holt, he's the best finisher I've ever seen. I loved Holtie, loved him. (laughs) I loved his chicken dance celebration as well. That will always be one of my favourite ever celebrations. <laughs> so funny. Well, now that's my team. We had pretty similar um similar we did. Very similar. I'm shocked because we could have picked from so many. So we must have we, we must know our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we just want to thank everyone who's listened to our first episode today and yeah, we hope you enjoy and you carry on listening. Yeah, there were different aspects of um, the like match performances. Some episodes will be interviewing more people, or some episodes it could just be talking about pre-matches, like anything about Rochdale. We will be on talking, and if you'd like to listen, then please do. And if you have listened, thank you very, very much for listening. Yeah, we really appreciate all your support and. Yeah, we just hope we just hope it's something different and we can kind of normalize how women should have an opinion in football. And that's why this is called the day away from a female's point of view. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you.